0: Good morning and welcome to North Main Street Church of God's weekly podcast, videocast, Sunday morning sermon. I'm glad you joined us again this Sunday. i um, actually in a different venue this morning and uh, it's a little bit more comfortable for me in this venue. Uh, I don't mind sitting in chairs and in, in small rooms and coming to you from those venues but it just feels more comfortable in this setting. So we are in the sanctuary at North Main Street Church of God this morning and when I say we I mean me and then you uh, via this broadcast. Uh, If you'll look around which you'll see in just a moment the the sanctuary is completely empty and um, I wanted to show you this uh for two reasons the first reason is i want you to know that this is just an empty building without the body of christ you the believers in christ here in this space it's just an empty building it's just another space to be occupied when we say on sunday mornings we go to church that's an improper way of actually communicating we don't go to church because we are the church um This empty building is a nice space for the body of Christ to come together and to worship corporately, but we are the church collectively as the body of Christ the place, the facility is not the church. I just wanted to remind you of that as you're at home today, being the church in your own homes. And we're coming together corporately uh, via this broadcast. So I'm glad you're with me again this morning. As I always do, at least up to this point via broadcasts. I give you an opportunity to to give. And uh, I would like to give you that opportunity right now. And that opportunity is provided for you at North Main Street Church of God's website at www.northmaincog.org. If you go to that website, in the very top right-hand corner of the homepage is a GIVE button. It says GIVE in all caps right at the top. If you wanna give that way this morning, uh, remotely and electronically, we would welcome you to do that. Um, we'd also give you an opportunity to text to give, and you'll see that at the bottom of the screen as well. So if you have an opportunity to text to give, the number will show up at the bottom of your screen also with how to do that uh, right now. Having gotten all, the, all that stuff out of the way, um, as I came and set up in here this morning, I found some eerie reminders of times past. And what I mean times past, just a few weeks ago. We see the worship folder for Sunday, March the 15th, which is the first Sunday we went into quarantine. Let's see the Sunday morning service announcements for the MC to tell us all that's coming up in the life of North Main Street Church of God. I think it's interesting that in a twinkling of an eye, everything can change overnight. But God doesn't change. We remember that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And those are some of the things we rely on. That is the main thing we should be relying on right now, is that even in the midst of crisis, God is good. He's still on the throne. And he's given us an opportunity to bond it together as families and our homes once more. You know, if there's anything that I know is that our country has been lost for a while. The focus on the family has so veered away off the tracks that family has now become something of a, a, of a bygone era term. Yes, we have mixed families. We have all of those, and I'm not diminishing that. But what is family? What is family? What, what should family look like? Well, the de- devolving of the family in our world, in our culture, has, I think, led us to a place today to where we need to do some really hard soul searching and, and looking and, and and saying, God, you created the family from the very beginning of time with Adam and Eve and their children. Yes, it became dysfunctional after the fall, but Our striving is for a unified, holistic, Christ-centered family. And so God is trying to, I think, again, let me reinforce this, give us a time as a church to refocus, to give us a time as a culture to refocus and to stop so that we can see what the most important things really are. I told you last week we were closing out our series on joy and the promise, and that's true. We're starting a new series today. As we come into the month of April and Holy Week here in the next week, um, we're going to be looking at a passage from Hebrews, which is our theme verse for this month. Uh, And the theme verse is from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2 through 3, which we'll get to in a moment. But the title of this series for the whole month of April is For the Joy for the joy and we're going to be looking at uh, John chapter 12 and really the story of Jesus from the eyes of the gospel writer of John who was John the beloved uh, John one of the 12 disciples he also wrote first second and third John in the New Testament and many scholars believe he wrote the book of Revelation which is the last book of the the Bible but as I was thinking about how to come at this series this month, I was looking at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2 through 3. I was looking at the book of John, and, and I came across the, the chapter uh, in John chapter 12 where it's Jesus triumphal entry because what is today today's Palm Sunday Uh, and we we normally would be celebrating having palm branches down the aisles of the sanctuary and then the kids would get them later at the end of service take them home and play with them and use them ironically we do have palm branches in the refrigerator because we had ordered them ahead of time we aren't able to give those out as I hoped we would but This Palm Sunday, as we look at Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, the final entry into Jerusalem that he would have in the three years of ministering with his disciples and doing ministry throughout the region, Um, the sermon title today is called Misplaced Joy. And I'll get to that title in a moment and tell you why it's Misplaced Joy. I thought it was important to come up with a, a fun illustration to illustrate this idea of misplacement or misunderstanding this morning. And I came across this illustration uh, of a following series of advertisements that was placed in a newspaper, rec- uh, not too much recently, but within the past several years. Uh, and, and it starts out with this ad that was placed in the classifieds on Monday And Monday, it says, the Reverend A.J. Jones has one color TV set for sale. Telephone 626-1313 after 7 p.m. And ask for Mrs. Donnelly, who lives with him. Cheap. (laughs) That's kind of weird. Well, the following day on Tuesday, a correction came. And it says... We regret any embarrassment caused to Reverend Jones by a typographical error in yesterday's paper. The ad should have read, the Reverend A.J. Jones has one color TV set for sale, cheap, telephone 626-1313 and ask for Mrs. Donnelly who lives with him after 7 p.m. Well, as you might guess, on Wednesday, the Reverend, th- this ad came back out with another correction. The Reverend A.J. Jones informs us that he has received several annoying telephone calls because of an incorrect ad in yesterday's paper. It should have read The Reverend A.J. Jones has one color TV set for sale, cheap, telephone 626 1313 after 7 p.m. and ask for Mrs. Donnelly, who loves with him. <laughs> Yet again, on Thursday, the ads came back out. It says, Please take notice that I, the Reverend A.J. Jones, have no color TV set for sale. I've smashed it. Don't call 626 1313 anymore. I have not been carrying on with Mrs. Donnelly. She was, until yesterday, my housekeeper. And then on Friday, wanted a housekeeper. Usual housekeeping duties, good pay, love in, Reverend A.J. Jones, telephone 6261313. I think it's interesting in that illustration how something so simple can be misunderstood in a way as to completely distort the whole context of truth. A few misplaced letters or words in a sentence can completely change the meaning of the message or a person's misreading of the text can change the meaning as well. So uh, we see this clearly in the New Testament uh, in the description of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem uh, the coming week of Passover, which would also be his final week into Jerusalem and his final week on earth with us physically before his crucifixion, crucifixion and resurrection, but before we get to John chapter 12, I mentioned Hebrews chapter 12. And let me read for you our theme verse for this month as we look at this sermon today entitled, Misplaced Joy. The writer of Hebrews says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Well, what was the joy that was set before him? It was the purpose that God had called him. God the Father had called him, Jesus, the very Son of God. The joy that was set before Jesus, God called him to lead us to this place of salvation. He knew that... This enduring the cross was the only way that the Father could bring salvation to the world. It had to be through his ultimate and complete sacrifice. And so for that joy set before him, he endured the cross, uh, 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 scorning its shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the Father. So I want us to now take a look at John chapter 12. John chapter 12, starting with verse 1, we're going to go through verse 19 this morning. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany. If you remember Bethany, that's the place where Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. That's where he had a meal with Mary and Martha. That's where Mary sat at his feet while Martha was cooking in the kitchen. So six days before the Passover meal, Jesus arrived in Bethany at the home of Lazarus, the man that he'd raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, which is more of an oil-like substance, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with this fragrant aroma of spikenard. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray Jesus, said, That perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he really cared about the poor, because he was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, or their treasurer, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied, Leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. When all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead. And then the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus too. For it was because of him that many of the people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. And when all the people heard, uh, uh, the next day, excuse me, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem, it swept through the whole city of Jerusalem, and a large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches, and they went down to the road to meet him. They shouted, praise God, some of your versions of scripture say, Hosanna, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord, hail to the king of Israel. Well, Jesus found a donkey and he rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said this, Don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy. But after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what had happened and they realized that these things had been written about him. Many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, and they were telling others about it. That is the reason so many went out to meet him, because they had heard about this miraculous sign. Then the Pharisees said to each other, there's nothing we can do. Look, everyone has gone after him. They realize they're losing power and authority, but the power and authority was never theirs to have to begin with. It was only the power and authority of God that they should have been concerned with and the key point this morning is this misplaced joy comes from misunderstanding God's purposes and this oftentimes leaves a person disillusioned and frustrated however true fulfilling joy comes in trusting that God's purposes are always right let me explain in a couple points here this morning. What can we learn from this passage of Scripture, John chapter 12, verses 1 through 19 this morning? And what can we learn from Hebrews chapter 12, how Jesus counted it joy to pursue the cross, scorning its shame? Well, here's what we can learn. The first thing we can learn is, is about Judas's misunderstanding of Jesus how it was skewed unlike Mary's, because he was focused on money or material things instead of Jesus. I think it's interesting that Mary uh, that she was doing something so different than anybody else in Bethany at the time, and that it was completely dismissed by almost everybody in the room at Lazarus's home. What was Mary doing? She would gotten this expensive jar, and, and some scholars believe that it was nearly a year's worth of wages, so it's a, a, like 300 denarii, and a denarii, uh, a denarius, and a denarius is about one day's wage in that day and age, and this bottle of perfume, this spikenard that she was using to anoint Jesus' feet with was, was nearly 300 denarii, denarii in cost. Now, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it looks like it's an absolute, absolute waste. Most, Most of us would probably feel like Judas. Well, what are you what doing with this? This, this isn't, isn't something, something to pour out and waste. waste. I mean, and think of all the money that it's, it's worth. worth. I mean, and have we, we ever said, you, you know, know uh, why well, do we, why we buy, buy X, Y, or Z? Because, because it'd, it'd be just, just as easy to flush our money down the toilet than to go buy this or to go do that thing. Well, that's what they thought that Mary was doing. And I think... That she was so easily dismissed, in fact, that they missed something significantly important that's going on here. Look at this. Jesus had been telling the disciples up to this point that he was going to die. But for whatever reason, the disciples were oblivious to that point. He had been saying, guys, don't worry, I'm going to die. And I'll come back again. Don't worry, I'm going to die, but I'll come back again. And later on in John chapter 14, just a few chapters later...
1: He says, guys, guys, don't don't worry, in that same week during the Passover, Passover, don't worry, I'm gonna die, but but I'll come come back again. I'm gonna go
0: prepare a place for you, but I'll come back again someday to take take you with me where I am. Mary, she She sees sees Jesus Jesus for who he really is when nobody else else does up to this point. She sees that Jesus is this Messiah, this King of Kings, this Lord of Lords. He is her savior. Mary, in this point, is doing something that only a priest would have done in the Old Testament. She understands this precious gift of her Lord and Savior and that what she is doing is what none of the other disciples even considered doing, anointing his body for burial. In the Old Testament, it was the priest's job to go and anoint people for healing To anoint kings who would rise to the throne? Mary was taking on this particularly priestly role in anointing Jesus' feet. And Jesus doesn't scorn her for it. A woman taking on a priestly role. Instead, he praises her for it. If you look throughout the Old Testament, you see that. You see the only ones who were doing that were male priests. But Mary is anointing Jesus and blessing him with the royal honor that he deserves by pouring out this expensive nard on his precious feet, those feet that would carry his broken body all the way to Calvary. Like Judas, I think and I fear, quite honestly, that many of us often look at the material things in life rather than the spiritual things in life when it comes to daily life and daily living i, I feel that our focus on christ, christ is obscured by the tedious day-to-day comings and goings, and goings of regular routines i mean think, think about, about what we're experiencing right now we're, we're in, a, in a, a break from the, from, from the daily comings and goings routines, routines. we're You're having to, to rethink how we do things because things are shut down while we're cooped up in our homes there's even a stay at home order right now during this pandemic in butler pennsylvania please don't leave if you don't have to I I worry worry that we all too often concern concern ourselves with the minuscule and the mediocre things of life than we are of the spiritual spiritual things things of life. So much so so that we completely miss the riches of Christ and the opportunities that he presents us on a daily basis. What What opportunities is God presenting you right now in the the midst of your home, in the midst of captivity, if you will. will, It's, it's not, not like he stopped, stopped talking. talking. It's, it's not, not like he stopped, stopped working. God is still working. He's, he's alive, alive and, well and well and reigning victorious. But what, but what are, are we doing in the midst of this crisis, in, in the midst of this time? Are we listening for him? Do we hear what he's saying? What he's saying? Are, are we missing him? Have we misplaced him? Are we misunderstanding maybe even what his purposes are for us during this time? You see, Judas's focus was on the material stuff, the fleeting, fleeting, the the fading things things of this life. It wasn't on the one who was the the way, the the truth, and the life. On this subject, the writer of Hebrews goes on to warn us in Hebrews chapter 13. Do not love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Do you believe that? In, in, in times time of crisis, crisis, in times time when, when we can't, can't do or, or go about without the normal things of life, life do we, we believe that God will never leave us and, and he, would he would never, never abandon or fail us? I hope, I hope you, you believe, believe that. What, what about, about the second thing this morning? The second thing is this. The Passover uh, visitors that had come into town for the Passover... They, they, they had skewed their, their perception, or they had mis- the skewed perception, perception of Jesus because, because they misunderstood who Jesus, Jesus was. That's our second point. point. The, the Passover, Passover visitor's understanding of Jesus was skewed because they misunderstood who Jesus was. Who Jesus was. Upon, upon his side, final arrival in into Jerusalem, Jerusalem this, this triumphal entry, entry, this Palm Sunday that we, we celebrate today, when we and remember, remember a, a couple thousand years ago, when Jesus, when Jesus made, made that the triumphal entry. Jesus, Jesus would be faced with this adulation, this adulation and praise of the people who saw him as this warrior king come, come to, set to set the Jewish, Jewish people free, free from, from the oppressive powers of the Roman government.
1: government. For, For many, many
0: centuries, centuries, the Jewish people had this understanding that, understanding that they, they believed there would be a Messiah that would come, who would come and pomp and circumstance in all of this no militaristic, militaristic might and power, it was, it was believed, believed that this great leader would reestablish this earthly, this kingdom, this earthly kingdom that no other power would be able to overthrow again. again. And, and it was commonly held that the Messiah would draw the Jewish, Jewish people back, back from far and wide to become a, a, a great nation, nation once again, greater even than the nation, nation when it was, was under its, its greatest with King David. So So the people people were enlivened with this sense sense of hope and excitement upon Jesus' arrival into Jerusalem. They saw his arrival as this defining moment in his ministry of his reestablishment of this earthly kingdom in the beginning and the the end for the Roman Empire in that region. region. But But they they were wrong. Jesus would ultimately be arrested just a few days later, crushing their hopes, their dreams, All their aspirations for a new nation of Israel on earth. Jesus would be tried before the Sanhedrin or the Jewish Supreme Court of his day. He would be handed over to a man by the name of Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor of Judea at the time. He would be beaten and he would be crucified. But as he stands before Pilate who's questioning him. about About the other people's people's claims that that he is is the king King of the the Jews. Because you remember remember they were they were shouting, Hosanna, 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 glory to God in the highest. They were claiming him to be the King king of the Jews. Jews. Jesus tells him something so significant. So clear, so poignant, poignant, that it smacks smacks in the face of the the Jewish Jewish people's expectation of the day. Listen Listen to what he says. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. world. If If it it were, then my followers would keep me from from being handed over by by the Jewish Jewish leaders. leaders. You can find that in John chapter 18, verse 36. 36. You You see, the Jewish Jewish people were hoping hoping for an an earthly kingdom, kingdom, for an earthly king. to to set set them them free, free physically, physically from bondage.
1: But Jesus, the Son of God, the true Messiah,
0: never offered them freedom from from physical bondage, but rather from spiritual bondage, from from the the weight weight of sin sin and death, which 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 are are the greatest enemies, greater than than the Roman Roman Empire, greater than the Assyrian Empire of times past, greater than than the Babylonian Empire under King Nebuchadnezzar in the Old Testament. The greatest enemy of the people was sin and death. That's what caused these tyrannical leaders to rule and and to have power, these pagan nations to rise to power and to do some crazy, horrible things and to become oppressive. It was all because of sin and death that was ushered in in Genesis chapter 3 with the first sin and the first disobedience of the first humans. Jesus was coming to set the captives free from that bondage of sin and death so long ago that, that it perpetuated, perpetuated itself to this, point, this that point that they were now feeling, feeling the weight, weight of Jesus wasn't an earthly king, king. his, his kingdom, kingdom was not of this world Rather, Rather, as the, the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament, Testament tells us, he is, he is the King, King of kings and of the Lord of lords. Lord. He's, he's a, a Prince of Peace, Mighty God, a Counselor, Wonderful Counselor. This, this is who Jesus is. is. I, don't I don't say this is who he was, even though that is who he was, but this is who he is because he's alive and well today. It's It's interesting interesting to me me that that by the end end of the week, those same people who were shouting, Hosanna, 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 glory to God in the highest,
1: started to shout, crucify
0: him. They shouted, crucify him, crucify him. him." At at the the base of the steps of the the Roman Roman governor's governor's headquarters in Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Pontius Pontius Pilate, having having had had Jesus flogged, Standing there, a beaten and bloody mess, presents Jesus to the people. He says, "Here is your King of the Jews." Jews. What would you, would you have me do with him? In John chapter nineteen, and the people cry out, "Crucify, crucify him! Crucify him. him!" And even the priests yelled out, we, "We have no king but Caesar," defining really where their loyalties lie. Their, their loyalties, loyalties lay only. In in earthly kings kings, and kingdoms, but not in a heavenly heavenly king and a heavenly kingdom, kingdom, who they had just rejected and just condemned to crucifixion. The The third thing thing this morning is this. The disciples' disciples' understanding of Jesus Jesus was skewed because because they misunderstood misunderstood Jesus' prophecies about himself. himself. Remember Remember John John chapter 12, 12, verse 16. 16. His His disciples disciples did not not understand at the time... what What this was, was, that that this this was a fulfillment fulfillment of prophecy. That that his coming coming into Jerusalem Jerusalem on a donkey. That that the people shouting, Hosanna, 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 glory to God God in the highest. That 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 was was a fulfillment fulfillment of prophecy. They They didn't didn't understand understand it until after his death and and resurrection. resurrection. Then Then it came came to them, and then then they understood. understood. You You see, see, the disciples, disciples, much like... their their counterparts counterparts and and colleagues in the rest of the the, the, uh, Roman Empire, who were Jewish people, they too were anticipating that Jesus was this Messiah. They They knew him to be Messiah, Lord Lord of Lords, King of Kings. kings. They continued to follow him because they they believed that about him. But But they they also had this sense in the back of their minds, because because of how they they had been raised, raised, that Jesus Jesus was going to rise up. You, you see, see, this is what happens, happens in, 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 one in one of the Gospels where, where Peter takes this sword and cuts off the ear of Malchus, Malchus the, 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 the servant the of the high priest, the temple guard. The temple guard. And, and Jesus says, no, 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 put, put your swords, swords away. away. For if, For if you live, live by the sword, you die by the sword. And, sword, and, sword, then, and then he puts the, the ear back on Malchus and heals him right there. See, Jesus wasn't a militaristic ruler. just That's not who he was. Because if if he, he even says in John chapter 19, 19 if, my if my kingdom, kingdom wasn't with this world, world here's what, what would happen. My followers would rise, rise up to protect me. me. And that's, and that's what, what Peter was trying to do when he, he rose up and cut off the ear of Malchus. Ear of Malchus. But, but Jesus, Jesus says, said, no, 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 stop. Don't, don't do, do yes. this. And, and he gave himself over to the temple guards. He was arrested and taken in. And the disciples didn't understand that he wasn't the kind of Messiah that they had hoped or anticipated, or anticipated or expected that he would be. It wouldn't be until later after Jesus' resurrection that the disciples, disciples would have the, fulfilled, the full understanding of Jesus' prophecies, prophecies about, himself. And about himself. Another such prophecy was earlier on in his ministry when we read in John chapter 2, uh, Jesus finds the outer courts of the temple. He's coming into town, he sees the outer courts. The outer courts, the outer courts of the the temple temple complex was called the court of the the Gentiles. Gentiles. And it was was in that court that the merchants merchants and the money changers had set up their wares. And And they were were changing the money into temple currency currency, and they were selling doves and and, and pigeons and and, and other kinds kinds of temple temple sacrifices sacrifices that were worthy to be sacrificed at the temple. And the temple courts were meant to be a place of prayer and worship, not a place of merchantry and changing money. And Jesus, Jesus is furious with this, and he, he recalls a passage from the Old Testament. He says he's driving, driving out the money changers and, merchants. and the merchants, and he's, and he's saying, saying, "My my father's house is house to be a house of prayer." prayer. And, so and so he's driving the, mon- the money changers and, merchants and the merchants out. out. And he's flipping over and their tables in this righteous act of anger. anger. Why, Why is, is he angry? Because it's to be a place, place of worship, worship and of prayer, and the merchants and the money changers and the Jew in in the Jewish temple complex were keeping keeping the Gentile believers in God from worshiping worshiping and praying in in that court. court. You You see, see, Jesus Jesus wasn't wasn't just a God God or a a, a Messiah for the Jewish Jewish people. people. He was a Messiah for all the earth. earth. In Genesis Genesis chapter 12, he's fulfilling the promise given to Abraham Abraham, Abraham, that through through him, he would become a blessing to the nations. nations, And now now through through the line of Abraham, all the way up to Jesus, Jesus, Jesus becomes that the blessing, blessing to all, all the nations. And, and so what Jesus, what, Jesus, what Jesus tells the religious leaders after he's already stormed the temple, the temple thrown, thrown the over the money changers' tables, driven out the merchants, the, the Jewish leaders demanded in John chapter 2, listen what to what they say. say what, what are you, are you doing? doing? If God, God gave you the authority to do this, this then show us a miraculous sign to prove. All All right, right, Jesus replied. replied, Destroy destroy this temple. In In three three days, I will raise it up again. What? They exclaimed. Is Is it it taken... taken, It's it's taken 46 years to rebuild rebuild this temple. temple. And And you you can rebuild it in three days? days? But when when Jesus Jesus said this temple, he meant his his own body. body. After After he was was raised raised from the dead, dead, his disciples remembered... That he he had said said this, and they they believed both both the scriptures and what Jesus had said. You see, Jesus prophesies and prophesied all the way through his ministry with his disciples. disciples. In the the towns he taught in, in the places places he preached, in the synagogues in which he went. went. When When he he healed, when he ministered, ministered. ministered. even Even in places places like Jerusalem at the temple. temple, His purposes were to relay this simple message about what the kingdom of God is all about and, and, and what God is truly like. Sometimes I think we assume too much Then we don't really listen to what God's word says or we don't really listen to God when he speaks to us personally. We tend to fill in the blanks with information that isn't warranted with regards to spiritual things. Instead of listening to Jesus' very words and learning to hear Him for what He really says, we all too often make up what we believe He's saying and then we craft our own set of ideals and values around that. You see, Jesus spent... So much time time with his disciples, disciples, teaching them and telling telling them things and saying, those those with ears to hear, let them hear, let them them listen. listen. This This word hear, he's taking from from the Hebrew Hebrew term Shema in in the Old Testament. And it's not just a word that they are to just, you know, listen, they're not just to hear it, but they are to truly actively take it in and truly hear it for what it's worth. And a lot lot of times times in the Old Testament, we'll read Shema, Shema, Shema. if you read read the Hebrew. It'll it'll say Shema, Shema, which means listen carefully. And that's what in essence Jesus is saying in these times. Those those with ear to hear, hear, let let them Shema, Shema, Shema," listen carefully to what I'm about to say. Really, really listen to what I'm saying. Not just guess at what I'm saying. This is how so many of Jesus' followers not, not only, only then, then, but I would say today, become divided and opposed to one another. Rather than hearing or shemaing Jesus' truth for what it really is and for what, is, and for what he's really trying, trying to communicate, we, we, we take what we, what, saying, saying, what, we what we think he's saying, what we think we've heard, and we create these false teachings in the process and that is so, so dangerous. You see, see, when when we misplace or misunderstand misunderstand Jesus' very words and his purposes, purposes, it behooves us to start start again with the basics in order to see and hear him for who he really is and not for who who we we wish or desire for him him to be. be. Let Let me close with this. this. There's There's a story story that's told of how this famed French artist, Paul Gustave Doré, was traveling in Europe. when he he faced faced a predicament. predicament. He reached reached a border crossing crossing and he discovered that that he had misplaced his passport somewhere. somewhere. So So without without his papers, papers, the officer would not allow Doré to pass. Finally, Doré was given a test to prove his identity. identity. The official gave him a piece of paper and a pencil, and and he requested that he draw a group of nearby peasants. peasants. Well. Doré did so with such ease that the official was convinced that he was indeed the famed artist. Doré was known by his work, but Christ wasn't recognized by his work. The people in Jesus' day expected a militaristic Messiah who would conquer by the sword, but Jesus' word was one of peace and love. In his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, the weak He would would be be crucified. crucified. Jesus calmly entered Jerusalem riding on the back of a donkey to the the praises praises of the people people who were crying out, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. Little did they know that just a few days later their glorious Messiah would be nailed to a tree. tree. You You see, see, Jesus' mission wasn't to conquer the world by might, but by love. love. And And that's still still His mission today through the body of Christ. What is the greatest commandment? Jesus, Jesus tells us to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. You see, that's what Jesus' kingdom is all about. It's what it's always been about, and it's what it always, always will be about. Jesus' purpose was to usher in the kingdom of God in his righteousness by way of his life and his death. And as we'll see next week, Easter Sunday, by his resurrection. I know this this seemed counterintuitive to to the people then. It it might even seem counterintuitive to us now because Because it is truly a dilemma, a paradox that we run into. How How does one man's death death save everybody everybody else? else? How How can it it save everybody everybody else? else? It's It's perplexing, but it's the the message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Christ. Who was the once and for all all sacrifice, sacrifice, the writer of Hebrews tells us. That that whoever whoever believes in in him, John 3.16, 316, would not not perish perish, but have everlasting life. Are your your expectations expectations of him this morning misguided and misplaced? Thus leaving your joy misguided and and misplaced? Do you you find yourself during this time of quarantine and lockdown lockdown complaining complaining more? Or finding finding joy joy in the Lord more. When things aren't going your way, what do you do? When When things things aren't playing out the way you planned, where do you you go? Where do you you turn? turn? Are you you thanking God, God? even Even in in the midst of trials trials and struggles? struggles? When you you consider, or or when when you experience experience trials of any kind, James says in James chapter 1, consider it pure joy, my friends. Why? Because Because it tests tests you. you. And And as you you persevere persevere through the test, test, your faith faith is strengthened and you become mature. mature. But this this can't can't happen happen unless you're willing to praise God God through your circumstances. circumstances, To give give God God the glory in this time. time. Maybe Maybe it's time time to stop stop asking asking the question, Jesus, who are are you? And, and why, why is, all is all of this happening, this happening it and start asking, asking Jesus who am I and what do you want you me become? to become I'll tell, I'll tell you, you what he wants you to become, you to become. He, he wants you want to become, become a child of God, child of God. yes, yes he, he, wants he wants you to call out to him, him as Hosanna king of kings and, kings and lord of lords but he also he wants, he wants you to fall at his feet and worship him as savior and lord When we we ask, ask Jesus, who am I? I, You You see, Jesus Jesus is willing willing to lead lead us to the answer answer that can only come from an intimate relationship with him. him. Right Right back back here, no broko. That's been our mission since I've been your pastor here at North Main Street Church of God. It stems directly from the Great Commission, Jesus' final words to his disciples after his resurrection before he ascended to heaven. And it's this. Then that that people, people would, would know Christ intimately, grow in him continually, continually, and go for him daily. Matthew 28, he gives them the great commission. Go therefore into all the world, making the disciples, disciples of all nations, nations baptizing them, them in, the in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That, that is the intimacy. That, that is how we come, come to an intimate knowledge of Jesus Christ, is by being baptized into him through the power of the Holy Spirit, Spirit by believing in Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives. That That is what I'm talking about, becoming a child of God. Jesus, who am I? Jesus Jesus is calling calling out to you. I want you to be my child. Are you you willing to come and be with me? This This takes trust. trust. It takes takes hope. hope. It takes takes trust and hope in his purposes rather than in our own purposes and our own means. You may be tested right now wondering, Where's the, Where's the next, next paycheck, paycheck coming from? from? Because my husband's life, been laid off, and my wife's been laid off. And, and you may be asking God, why is, is this happening, happening to, me? to me? Why don't, why don't you, you try, try to praise God through your circumstances? Through circumstances? And, you and you say, say Brandon, how is that, that is gonna front help front? me? I mean, it's, it's not, not gonna put food on the table. table. Jesus, Jesus said once, why do you worry about what you eat, what you drink, or the clothes you wear? Why do you you worry worry at all? Because you you can't can't even add a day to your life life by worrying. I mean, mean, if if God God can can even feed the sparrows who find food for the the day as they they go go about their day, or if if he can can clothe the the lilies of the field field, which which are here one day and they die 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 the next, how much much more does he care for you? you? Why worry about tomorrow? Tomorrow has enough concerns of its own. If you are in need, let me offer you this. Our church, our church body, North Main Street, Main Street church, church, church of God, we don't, we don't have unlimited resources, resources but, we, but can we can help, help in whatever, whatever way we can. You can, you can call, call the church office if you, were office if you are in need, and we will keep that confidential. We're, we're, we're not going to broadcast, broadcast your need to the rest of the church or the community. But our leadership will know so that we can help you. You can call the office at 724-285-4214, and those phones are manned every day. The offices offices aren't open, but we do take take your calls. And if you you call call at a time when when we're not there, there there is an emergency uh, extension you can dial, and then one of our pastors on call will call call you within the hour. hour. We 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 don't don't want you to have have to go without. But But I also also want to close with this. God doesn't want you not to trust him first. I love you guys. I'm continuing to pray over you. I hope, I hope that, that today, if you're watching, if you're watching this broadcast, broadcast, that God has moved, moved and worked in your life, life through His spoken word today or through the worship, worship that we had this morning prior to this broadcast. I hope that as that you as gather together, together as families or as individuals during this time, that you truly begin to see God's face. That you that begin to ask Him, not who are you, but who am I? And I I pray pray that that you start start to believe in in him as as Lord and Savior Savior of your life, through Jesus Christ. Who, in John John 14, verse 6, told us completely, he is the way, the truth, and the life. life. No No one can come come to the the Father Father except through him. Let me pray pray over you this morning. morning. Father, Father, thank thank you you for these men and women, these children, these teenagers that are watching this morning. Thank you for, God, their obedience to you. to begin to to seek seek your face, face, to begin to to listen to your word, to begin to ask the question, God, who am I, and who have you called me to be? I pray pray that that your your hand of anointing would be on on the homes of the ones listening listening to this broadcast broadcast this morning, morning. that that your heavenly touch would lead them and guide them into into wholeness, into peace, that you would would cast cast off all all anxiety anxiety and worry, and that, that God, God, you would reign in in their hearts and in their homes, and and that that joy joy would would pervade the environment of their homes and of of their families. families. I ask ask all all these things things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. God, God bless you, we'll see you, see you next week we've a got a lot, lot of things coming, coming up this week for Holy Week, for Holy week. be on, be on the, the lookout for Monday Thursday, Thursday. We, we do have, have an online broadcast coming up for that, that. Uh, uh, but we're going to have a good, good Friday, Friday stations, stations of the Cross not, not on, on campus, campus, but digitally online, so we'll be, be looking, looking for that, that. And, and then of course Easter Sunday we'll be joining together and we might have a few surprises for you, so check back with us in God bless, we'll see you this week